Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Emily Newton, and joining us on the show is Jeremiah from CrossFit Salado. What's going on, man? How are you doing today? Good. How are you doing? Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, no problem. And I'm doing, you know, really, really well. Thank you so much for asking. Now, before we dive into the nitty gritty of what you guys have going on, tell us a little bit about how you describe your gym and what made you want to start it in the first place. Well, our gym here in Slato, uh, it's a small town community. Um, our goal, my wife and I had lived in Houston the six years prior to, to moving back here to Slato. It's kind of where she grew up in this area. Mm-hmm. So we really wanted to get back to a get back to a smaller town and starting a CrossFit gym. Um, and I'm a chiropractor as well. Was able to start my clinic in the same building, um, is, is really what drove us to that decision. Okay. So tell us a little bit about like your personal journey into the fitness industry, because I know that you said that you're a chiropractor as well. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. So I focus in sports medicine with my chiropractic clinic. Um, but my personal journey, I've, played sports my whole life, um, been in baseball, basketball, football, just about all of them. I ended up actually hurting my shoulder in baseball um, my senior year of high school on into college. Um, Ended up having to have uh, my rotator cuff repaired as well as labrum. And so that's really what got me into the world of physical therapy. Mm -hmm. Um, And then was just trying to decide what I wanted to do uh, with my exercise phys degree from A&M and really settled on Cairo and being able to combine the two of sports training with CrossFit as well as chiropractic, being able to treat my athletes as well. Yeah. I mean, so it kind of sounds like you're really driven by serving others and, you know, helping people get to certain goals. Um, Where does that, that drive to help other people come from? Um, It just, it brings me a lot of joy actually in my daily life to be able to help, um, help my clients and my patients um, is really why we do it. Uh, we also, we do try to keep our prices a little bit more affordable than some other CrossFit gyms in the area. Um, really it's just because I want people to get in and use the gym and actually, actually get something out of it. Yeah. Just trying to make it a little bit more accessible for people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, correct. Understood. All right. So before we kind of dive into the first question, what are the services that you provide your members? Well, we have our CrossFit side, um, so we do have our normal uh, CrossFit classes. Uh, if people are familiar with CrossFit, it's just an hour-long structured class. And we have boot camp as well, um, which is more of a more of a station-based um, hit workout. And then we do have open gym, and we do focus on youth training as well, um, your regular strength and conditioning, speed and agility type things. Mm-hmm. And then I also offer additional service on my uh, chiropractic side. Gotcha. Okay, so you have open gym. Group classes, would you say, are a little bit like more about stations and then also the mm-hmm. youth. So with the classes that I kind of cater more towards the adults, would you find that your members are taking advantage of the open gym and also the, those more structured classes? Yes, yeah, for sure. We do have some that do both. Uh, we have some that really only want to do open gym and kind of hit their own, own workouts. And then we have others that really do enjoy um, having the instructor in there and having more of a, a structured base of the workout. Yeah, for sure. So let's say if I were to move to Salado in two weeks and I'm mm-hmm. like, let's say I'm interested in CrossFit, how would I know that you guys are out there? 
Well, you'd probably see us first off because Slato is a pretty small town. We don't even have a, a traffic light. Um, wow. So we've got a couple of intersections with some, with some stop signs, but um, you, you'd probably see our sign. Actually, we do get quite a few people stop in. They see our sign on the road. Just really, and, and our, have some pretty happy clients, um, and then they go tell others of, of their success stories at the gym, and that brings them in, um, is one of our main things, getting people to bring their friends in with them. Um, and of course, we do do our normal, you know, social media, things like that is is our big thing for our generation. Really? Um, but we do have kind of an older population in Salado, so it's really trying to get out and, and do events throughout the community for them to see our faces and, and really meet them. Okay, so... Word of mouth, referral, social media, and then also because you do have like that older population just kind of getting out there and just mm -hmm. talking to people face to face. Yes. Yeah, for sure. That that one gets the most um that gets the most engagement out of out of that generation seems seems to be. Yeah. Um I, I, I agree with you because I mean most older people aren't like active on, you know, Instagram and TikTok. Right. Like right. So on the topic, while we're on the topic of social media. Um, are you guys using paid advertisement? Or are you just kind of posting like transformations? Like, how do you convert like your your followers to actual members? Uh, we just try. To, we really try to post. We post quite a bit. Um, a lot of stories of the classes. Um, people being active. That's what people really like to see. Is people that kind of look like themselves doing workouts that they didn't picture that they'd be able to do. And that kind of gives them a little bit of confidence to come in and really try it out. Mm -hmm. um, luckily, my wife is is a photographer, so we do have some pretty good pictures to post on our social media, and she, she's pretty good at all of that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's that's a bonus, right? Yeah, it does, it does help out for sure. Okay. And then as far as the community engagement, um, how does like how does that work? Are you going out to like events and setting up as a vendor how does that work yes yes so we do have you know like some local 5ks we'll go set up our our booth there um and things like that we do have we have a pretty big uh main street and active downtown area mm -hmm. that'll always have activities going on so we'll, we'll go set up at things like that and really just trying to engage with with people um that are just coming through those events gotcha okay and with all of the efforts well i'll say the sources of lead generation that you're using so the sign word of mouth referrals, social media, and then also that community engagement, do you have like systems around that so that you can keep track of everything? We use Wattify. Um, it's really easy for, um, for, for our side. That's just what I'm familiar with, the, the app that I've used for forever in CrossFit. Mm -hmm. um, it does have um, a lot of features that you can track clients with and things like that, that you can really take some notes yeah. and even put in uh, uh, leads as well. Nice, nice. Okay, so let's say that I'm coming in um, from like interested in one of your your social social media posts. Mm -hmm. um, what does my client journey look like? Like, are you the one that is taking the new people that are coming on and just kind of walking them through that sales process and also closing? Yes, yes. So I'm 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 usually the first face that they see. Not always. Sometimes it's our boot camp instructor Reggie. Um, he'll get a lot of our our new clients as well. Um, but generally I'm going to be the first contact, um, introduce myself, get them to come in the door and just try out a couple free classes. Um, we'll, we'll make the, those introductions. I'll make sure they're comfortable with any of the movements that we're doing, really take that extra time to walk them through anything 
and uh, I really just try to engage with them on a personal level. Okay. So, okay, after like you build up rapport um, and I'm feeling like, you know, comfortable with the classes because sometimes mm-hmm. like classes can, it can come across as very, very intimidating. Yes, yes, it um, can be. Yeah, they're not always, maybe not always for like a mom, you know, right. like three kids, you know what I'm saying? Right. So how do you get that across to your clients and <clears throat> how, like, what's your process of, of sales? Like you close I, them like Right. I, I totally get how it can be intimidating sometimes. So I definitely walk through that process. Um, and I do talk about my, my chiropractic site as well. And some of the things we offer there that really kind of helps them be a little bit more comfortable that I am knowledgeable and know, know what I'm talking about in the CrossFit space. And then really just try to get the point across that everything is scalable. So whether that's weight or the movement or what we're doing that day, anything is scalable. You can modify to the level that you need to. So that really pretty much everybody in a CrossFit class is getting the same level of workout. Mm-hmm. Okay, good stuff. So what is your, like, I know when somebody comes in, you're kind of walking them through that process. What are some of the other roles that you have in your business? That people, stuff that people may not see. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of a, a do it all. Um, really it's me and my wife are, are the ones running it. So it's, we're the ones running the gym, we're cleaning the gym or keeping everything organized, um, getting all the day-to-day needs done and then doing the same thing as well on my, on my chiropractic side. So it's, it's, can be a little time consuming, but it's, it's fun to be able to go back and forth between the two. Yeah, that definitely sounds uh, time consuming for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us, tell the listeners, just for anybody, because, you know, I talk to a lot of gym owners and there are a lot of gym owners who are in a very similar position as you, like wearing all the hats in the business. Mm-hmm. How do you go about managing your time and also energy? Yeah, energy can be a big one, can definitely be pretty wiped out at the end of the day. Um, but really, a big thing for me is just trying to keep a good schedule. Um, if I don't have, have it scheduled out, usually things aren't going to get done. Um, or I'll just, we'll lose track of things that we really need to, need to be doing. So that's a big part of it, especially, um, especially with my patient population. So I'll be able to go by that schedule and then our class schedule and just be able to, to fill in where I need to. Okay. So really just uh, kind of living by your calendar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... If it's not on there, it's probably not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. I can appreciate that. Uh, mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit about the future and also, you know, some of the challenges that you guys may be uh, working on now or in the past. Yeah. So I would say, is there anything that you guys are actively working on to overcome now? Um, well, right now, just still trying to build... Um, trying to build some new clients. Um, that's always just kind of on the radar because there is kind of a turnover with CrossFit. You'll get people that are interested in it. They'll try it for a couple months and then it's really, really not just working out for them or their schedule. And so you got to, you kind of turn over some new clients pretty, pretty consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's always a little bit of a struggle, but just trying to grow the gym in general trying to add new equipment. Um, yeah. We are trying to get an area turfed out back um, to really help out with our, our youth training. Um, just, just kind of goals like that. Okay. That's what's up. You know, I'm definitely glad to hear that you guys are, are in the mode of growing, growing right now. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, I think that this kind of, this next question just kind of flows. Um, if I gave you a magic wand right now, you could wave it three times, six months from now, 
how would you want your gym to look from the inside out? Um, really just uh, more more new clients. That would be that would be fantastic because um, that's really what we're always working on, trying to strive for. Mm -hmm. um, and really not even just new clients, but really the kind of clients that really, really commit. So clients that really enjoy being there, want to be there um, and are pretty dedicated to it. I got you. So clients that are just, oh, I just want to try this for like 60 to 90 days, but really people mm -hmm. who are in it for sustainability and the long haul. Yes. Yes. Because that's when you actually see a, see a difference in, in their fitness journey when they're really dedicated to it. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, what do you think is, like, from your perspective, what's the, what's the most rewarding part about what you do? And then on the flip side, what is the most challenging aspect? Um, sometimes the most challenging aspect, um, and, and this is probably just because I've been doing it for so long, is when we do get some people that are completely brand new to working out, haven't played sports growing up, sometimes just those movements just do not correlate to what their brain is trying to tell their body to do. So it can take a long, long time for them to really figure it out. So you really gotta be patient, have to take small steps, uh, take small victories on, on what they're doing. That can be a little frustrating, but it's also rewarding at the yeah. same time. When you do see, do see that light come on and, and really hit those new movements. Yeah, so would you say like for like the new people that you're getting in every month, that that's most of the people that are just kind of like, how do I do a deadlift or, you know, I'll get, I'll get a couple of those. I'll get a couple of those a month um, that you really just have to really take your time and explain everything, make sure that they feel comfortable in, in what they're doing. Yeah. So do you guys have like, I guess, like specific classes for that, like beginner classes, or do you really take the time just to give them a little bit more tailored attention? Yeah. So normally CrossFit will have like an on-ramp um, class that's like specific to um, two new beginners going over the different movements in CrossFit, but usually I just modify what we need to modify and I'll take them off to the side and really go over things um, on a one-on-one -on -one basis. Gotcha. Okay, yeah, I mean, it sounds like you guys are doing a really good job of helping, like, the true beginners feel mm -hmm. comfortable with the movements, so I think that's pretty Yeah, because, cool. like you said earlier, I do know that it can be intimidating for a lot of people, so it's really just trying to get people comfortable in the gym setting is, is the hardest part. Yeah. So, do you feel like that intimidation factor sometimes is a barrier for like people just showing interest in the gym? Yes, it definitely can be because they have that, that preconception in their head of what they think CrossFit is. And I can't tell you how many people we've had that came and tried it and said how much fun they had. And it was nothing like what they thought it was going to be. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, Cause I know that you said that you guys are really active on social media. Is that mm -hmm. something that's kind of like, with your social media to make people initially like, okay, I think it's something I can do. Is that a message that you are pretty intentional about getting across to your platform? Yeah, we definitely try to be, we try to just show, we try to show as, in, as much engagement as we can. Um, and so just seeing people doing the workouts, um, we've, had a, we've had quite a few people come in just from that. They were like, hey, we've been following your social media. We've seen people working out. We really want to try it, but we've been a little scared to try it. But I see people on there that kind of look the way I look and are doing it. And so they really just want to come in and give it a shot. Yeah. Okay. That's what's up. So it's almost about time for us to wrap up. But the last question that I have for you is if you could just give our listeners a piece of advice that you wish you had when you first began your gym. 
Um, so I didn't have the best business background um, opening the gym, but I did do quite a bit of research on what it was going to take to open the gym. Um, we went through the Small Business Association. They were putting out um, some pretty good incentives because we started construction during COVID. Um, so they're really trying to help out some new businesses and get things off the ground. So that did that did help us out quite a bit. Um, but really just putting in the, in the numbers in the spreadsheets, knowing how many clients you need to cover your expenses, um, and then also your growth potential as well in the area. That would be the main thing, main thing I would suggest. So growth potential, knowing your numbers and you're pretty much talking about like tracking. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, how to talk, because I know that tracking isn't always the most exciting thing. It is right. something that's, that's easy not to do. Yes. So can you kind of just elaborate a little bit more about why that is so important? Yeah, it's pretty easy to get in that kind of comfort zone when you know you're in that range of where everything is kind of taken care of, but then you kind of fall into the zone of you really don't know exactly how much is coming in, how much is going out per month. So if you really want to see those changes and be able to add those new equipment items or new parts to the gym, um, you really have to be tracking how it's going each month, um, and especially with the client turnover that, that we do have in CrossFit um, to know, know your ups and downs per month. Very well said, very well said. So would you say that there are any, like, if you could just list off like the top three skills, cause I know you were saying like you didn't have like the best business background when you first started, mm -hmm. but like what are the top three like skill sets that you think like for a person that's contemplating starting a gym, top three skills that they need to be thinking about going into business ownership? Uh, I think number one is being personable, being yourself. Um, that's really how our business has grown because people come in, it's a community. They have a great time. They feel very welcome in our gym. And, and that's what has spread via word of mouth. Um, that would be number one. And then encouraging as well, being able to be patient with those, with those new, new um, clients that can sometimes struggle a little bit but being able to encourage them along their, along their fitness journey. And one more, got you in the hot seat. Um, I, third one, I would be, I would say the confidence to, to do so. Like you really, it can be a big jump um, and it can be scary at sometimes, but really just being confident in what your goal is and knowing that's your goal and just keep going after it. All righty, very well said. Well, Jeremiah, it's a really good place for us to wrap things up on this episode. But before we sign out, tell our listeners where they can find you. Uh, they can find us in Slato, Texas. We are CrossFit Slato um, at CrossFitSlato.com. And then my chiropractic clinic is back-to-back -back chiropractic and sports performance. All righty. Well, you know, thank you so much. You know, we really appreciate your time and contribution to our podcast. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what you guys are going to be able to accomplish down the road. So to everybody who tuned in today, we appreciate it appreciate you as well don't forget if you want to be notified about future episodes hit the like and subscribe button if you are interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry click the link in the description fill it out and our team will be in touch with you soon and as always until next time jim lords out thank you for listening to this interview but don't go anywhere we still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode but if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. 
You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I am your host. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us, our guest on the show today is Mr. Bobby Harrison of Hustle with two locations in Norwich over in the UK. Bobby, what's going on, my man? How are you? Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Coming from a very cold... Good afternoon for you. Very much morning for us here in the States. But uh, that's, that's the exciting part of this. I enjoy the international compare and contrast idea of this kind of conversation because I think that there is a lot to learn from both states-based gyms and UK-based gyms and how each other operate. So I'm excited to dig into this, but for context here, Bobby, before we have that business-focused conversation, tell us a little bit about hustle so people have an idea of what it is that we're here to talk about. When you describe these gyms, what do you talk about? So Hustle is a, a non non-contact boxing gym. So we we focus a lot around mental health and wellness. We are now we've now got two venues across Norfolk where we are. And yeah, we we teach we teach real boxing training without getting punched in the face. That's our that's our yeah. kind of so we have a lot of members. Most of our members are probably female, I'd say, to be honest. Majority good okay. 70 percent of females. We um my my whole thing was creating a safe space for people because boxing is renowned for quite intimidating gyms and spit and sawdust gyms where we wanted to create something a bit more welcoming and for everybody. So I say that my gym, anyone anyone can come to hustle. Even if you can't don't know how to box, anyone can come here, like any shape, any size. Anyone can come here. Yeah. And so on the great spectrum of, of boxing gyms, on one side, like you said, the hardcore, you're going to get in the ring on day one. Yeah. Hell or high water, that's what's going to happen. And on the other side, the boxer size, watered down, 75 people in a class, good luck. Yeah. It sounds like we're somewhere near the middle. We're pulling yeah. from aspects of both of that. But do we want the true nature of the sport and the coaching and the instruction? Yes. Yeah. Do we want the welcoming atmosphere and the openness to anyone? Yes. And so hustle is born. Excited to dig in here. Yeah. Take us back a little bit in your mind, not necessarily to the day that the doors opened on day yeah. one. Take us to the time the idea popped into your head. I'm going to open up this gym. What was going on for you and what really created all of this? So I worked in media for a long time and I kind of became disillusioned with my job and kind of just, just hated it basically. And I've always been into my fitness and from, from doing the work I was doing, I started having little side hustles on the side. So I started doing a lot of social media for brands. I started doing video videography, started doing photography for brands and yeah, I just kept building up these little side hustles on top, on top of the job that I had. And I found that I really enjoyed them. And I just said to myself, look, why, why are you doing all this stuff you don't like? Focus on the things you're really good at and you enjoy. And I've got into my, I've always been a boxing fan. I've always been into like kind of fitness and health and played a lot of football. And 
I started tra- boxing training at a boxing gym in London. And I just picked it up so quickly and I was like, I, I really enjoy this. And I was, I was struggling at the time with my, my mental health. I was, I was drinking too much. I was going out too much in London. And then I actually moved to New York where you guys are now. And the first thing I did when I, in the, well, the first thing I did when I got here was find a boxing gym. Yeah. I found a boxing gym in um, Midtown called Mendez Boxing. I walked into that. Familiar. I walked, okay. in, I walked into Mendez the first day, probably one of the most scary places I've ever been. <laughs> Certainly everyone, is. Everyone, everyone was going for it at each other and I was just like, right, okay. Paid my $20, trained on my own and then I got chatting to a guy in there and he, he was a really nice guy. We got, we got chatting, I did some training with him and then I kind of, it was, expen- it was expensive. Compared to London, it was expensive. It was an expensive gym. It was probably like three times the cost of London. And Which I got chat. Which is interesting because London is comparatively yeah, yeah. expensive yeah. to everything else. Yeah. And I, I got chatting to this trainer and I kind of put it to him and said, right, who, who does your social media for you? And he was like, I don't really do it. And I said, well, if you did this, you'd get more clients. So I kind of traded services with him. So I helped, I helped him with social media. And then he said to me, right, you can come and train with me and my team every day for free if you help me. And I was like, cool, that's done. That's me sorted. So yeah. I trained. I that's trained we him. start learning about the industry, right? Yeah. So I kind I was going training every morning at 6 a.m. I was traveling an hour on the train from Bushwick, like getting up early every morning. His, he was training a team of professionals. So at the time I was, I was learning a lot very quickly. I was sparring within two weeks. I was getting my nose broken. I was doing everything. I learned, I learned so much so quickly. And over that six months I was there in New York. I then got approached by somebody in London who saw what I was doing. And they asked me if I wanted to come and work in their gym in London in, instead of what I wanted to do coaching and marketing. So I moved back to London, started working at this gym in London which was essentially a box, again, a boxing fitness gym. They were doing um, boxing training without getting punched in the face. And I was like, I was really enjoying it. And the relationship with the owner turned a bit sour after a while. And I didn't really, okay. I didn't really agree with his principles around the way he treated people and, and staff members and members of the gym. And, and when I was there, I was just kind of like, I could easily do this myself. Like, yeah. And, and so the, the momentum is rolling. Really. Yeah. And so in my head, I'm like, right, well, I could do this, but I couldn't do it in London because it was too expensive. Yeah. So where I thought was the timeline between that day and the business getting started? Three years. Okay. So there was still quite a bit of time. Yeah, so I, what I worked, were you working on in those three years? I worked with him for quite a while. And on the on the side i was building the website i had this idea i had this idea i always had this name hustle just because of all the side hustles i did i just write this hustle is like a great like a great word like for it would be an amazing word for a gym so i wrote it down i had all these ideas and i was like right okay i just planned towards stuff i i got all my training qualifications i got my personal training qualifications i was making contacts with people and then me and my partner were talking about how starting a family and where I'm from in Norwich is um, about two hours from London on the train. And it's a lot cheaper to live in B. And I looked, I looked around at what they had in, in, in Norwich in terms of boxing gyms and they've got one boxing gym and it's a professional boxing gym. So it's no, there's no kind of, yeah. there's no in between. 
So I saw I saw a gap. I saw a gap in the market. Little opportunity for sure. Yeah, yeah. I moved I moved back to back to Norwich. I started working in a gym, just doing personal training with people, doing boxing, and within I think a month I had ten clients. I'd never even I hadn't been there for like seventeen years, and people yeah. were coming to me saying, "Are you, are you the boxing guy?" I was like, "Yeah." Like, I've been looking for a boxing. <laughs> yes, I am. So people would see me in the gym padding people and you see them watching and afterwards they come and chat to say, oh, can you do that for me? I'm like, yeah, cool, no worries. So I started yeah. momentum doing that. And while I was in that gym, that gym was like a, a personal training gym. It was very quiet. There's no atmosphere really. And when I was in there, I kind of said to the guy who owned it, could I, because I, I paid like a monthly rent to be there. I trained my clients and that was it. I went yeah, like went, a barbershop kind of model. Yeah. Yeah. And um, after a while I was kind of like, well, maybe I should try putting some classes on and then see what happens. And I spoke to the guy who owned the place and I said to him, look, if I, if I give you a bit more money, can I rent this space in the gym and, and turn it into like a mini studio, like a boxing studio? I'll, I'll deck it out. I'll pay for it. And it took a bit of convincing, but I convinced him to do it. And I set up this little corner of the gym, put my big logo on the wall. I got some old boxing magazines. I got some bags up. I put an advert on social media saying free, free boxing classes all week. I put 10 classes up and they all sold out from the adverts on social yeah. media. And I had all these people the, telling me. The, the, the demand is there too to match the yeah. opportunity. Yeah. So I did, I did this week of classes and all these people came and everyone was saying, oh, I've been waiting for something like this for ages here. There's nothing like it. And what you've done here is like it's so cool and, it's, and I, I try to make it because my background's marketing I've, I've got kind of a good a good eye for kind of adverts and the way things branding, the way things look and i think that's such an important thing now the way you, yeah, the way you i couldn't agree more and we'll get into the the acquisition side of this but i think if i were to to pause here for a moment and summarize everything people probably see the very recent success for you, but they don't see the years and years and years of work yeah, yeah. that it took to get to that point. I think that's a really good analogy for entrepreneurship of like, yeah. people think, oh, this overnight success, he's so lucky, but there was a lot that went into it to get to that point and a big risk to be taken yeah. for you to put your own funding into this in yeah. somebody else's location. Now, yeah. Bobby, you've been doing this for, for three or so years officially under the hustle branding. Yeah. To look back on that time, what's been your favorite part about being a business owner here? And what's been the toughest part about being a business owner? I think my my favorite part was the kind of the beginning, just kind of seeing it grow and seeing people really enjoy it and there being no real stress around it. <laughs> at all really when it first started sure sure and i think the hardest part now is the reality of it all is this can i swear <laughs> it's, oh, you please do it's go stress, ahead it's stressful as fuck like I, I i have not switched off for three years like i have not i've not slept properly i've not i've not been a day gone by where i don't think about the business i've not had a proper holiday where i've relaxed it's I don't know if other people can relate to you, but it's. I think it's, there's a lot of gym owners listening to this that know exactly what it is that you're talking about. I think stressful all the, the time. The Honestly, pros and the cons are a lot of the same thing. We love yeah. it because it's ours, but because it's ours, it's so difficult to detach. Yeah, and, and so that's 
that's certainly something we can get into here. But I want to pick your brain on at least the acquisition side of things before we get into yeah. more of the, the where do we go from here kind of chat. You mentioned the marketing side of things being a strong point for you. What have yeah. you guys done to get people through the doors? What's been successful? I think the kind of um, way we pushed stuff at the start, we pushed a lot of female-only classes. And we tried to push the whole kind of more more a gym based around mental health and wellness rather than the way you look. We our our big focus is around the way the gym makes you feel rather than how it's going to make your body look. Because I think a lot of people will push that. Oh, I'm going to get you a six pack in eight weeks. Great, well done. What if you know? What if, what what if you're inside your head? You're not. You're not. You're not feeling good. Anyone can anyone can look amazing, but if you don't feel good in your head, what's the point? And for me, for me as a gym owner, that's more important than the way people's bodies look. To be honest, and I think people can relate to that now, especially with like social media pressures and all this kind of stuff, having to look a certain way. And and I think even more so coming out of the the COVID years, if mm. you will most people that are coming to our facility probably have some body image issues. They probably would like to, to move a little bit better and feel a little bit better and look a little bit better. So this is needed yeah. more than ever in Definitely. my mind, at least the, the, the marketing of this geared towards the non-contact side, the, the women encouraged focus here, has a lot of that flowed through social media for you? And is that still the case? Yeah, social media for us is, is the biggest biggest pull, I think, personally. We get we get so many comments on our social media saying how strong it is. So to come to come from London, for example, to a place like Norwich, where it's a smaller, smaller kind of city, it's, it's a bit, probably like five years behind London in, in a way. So there's not as much going yeah. on. There's not as many kind of cool restaurants, cool gyms. There's nothing really like, there's nothing really like it here. So when I, when I started it, it was kind of, wow, what's this? This is completely different to what we're used to. Yeah. Norwich is a very kind of small town mentality where people don't really have the kind of good marketing skills. The websites for stuff are really bad and the marketing is very localized and it's not very exciting. We just so it wasn't a tremendous challenge for this to stand out compared to everything else, at least. Right? Not, not really, to be honest. It kind of, it <laughs> kind is of, unique. Yeah, because I was, I was, I was when I was when I moved back, I was making videos for personal trainers, like in the gym, as a kind of another side hustle. And they were like, "Wow, these videos are amazing!" And people were noticing them, and, and I was getting, I was getting paid by businesses to kind of make them a video. And I'm like, "Why is no one doing this already?" And for me, like video content is so important. It was like we were doing especially uh, in our industry. Especially yeah, in our industry. We, we we do a lot of stuff around testimonials and people talking about the way that it makes them feel coming to the gym. And again, we we obviously we'll show before and afters, which which we think are relevant, but we don't we don't push that side of it. We'd rather someone talk to the camera about real emotions and real feelings about why they come to the gym and how it makes them feel. And I think that connects with people more than just seeing a six pack. Yeah. Yes. I think the the marketing conversation is half the equation here, Bobby, but for what you guys do, communicating that message and, and capturing these as paying clients is just as important. So when you guys, when you get a lead from whatever, whatever source, whether it's social yeah. media, 
walk in off the street, wherever it comes from. Yeah. What does that sales process typically entail for that person to to eventually sign up as a member? I think normally we'll if we we do a lot of lead generation adverts on Facebook. So we will we will contact them. We will ask them their kind of their goals, their aspirations. A lot of people say I want to lose weight, and I'll be like, right, why do you want to lose weight? What's the real real reason behind you want to lose weight? Are you are you actually deeply unhappy with your job? Are you are you not not excited about the way you look naked? Are you not making love to your your wife anymore? And it's like, what what's the real real reason why you want to lose the weight? Like rather than just oh, I want to lose a bit of weight, I want to tone up because everyone says that. So yeah, but what's what's the deeper meaning behind that? Is finding that finding that kind of that real reason why they want to change what they're doing? Because when you when you get that, they're sold. I think. And so a more in-depth interview kind of a process to figure yeah. it out. Is this done in the studio? Or is this done over the phone? How does that conversation actually take place? Generally over an actual meeting, in-person in meeting. I'll, I'll go for a coffee or we'll do a phone call. Oh, so okay. First of all, a phone call just to kind of introduce yourself and then explain about well, how the gym works. And then we'll say, let's meet for a coffee and just go through stuff. Then it's more personalized and they kind of get to know you straight away rather than them just turning up at the gym, not knowing anybody. Yep. And so we're, we're finding out the true nature of these. You mentioned if we can get that sort of an information, they're sold, converted into a membership. Is this for you? How does, what is the, the actual product of that? Is this like a monthly thing? Are they buying sessions? Tell us a little bit about the, the actual exchange. We have a couple of options. So we have unlimited memberships where you can pay a monthly fee and you can do as many classes as you like. Or we have the pay as you go option where you can kind of dip in and out, buy a class pack. So we've got both options really. So rather than people being tied into anything at the moment, we like to give that flexibility because we, we say to people like, don't just come and do boxing, do some yoga, do some mobility. Like, but we, we're getting to a point now where we're going we're to offer all those things in house. So rather than people going away and yoga somewhere else, we're going to offer mobility here. So bring it in house. Yeah, we're going to start to from the new year. We're going to we're going to change our change our memberships up a little bit to kind of give people more. Mm -hmm. Going to charge, charge a little bit more, but they're going to get more basically. So that, that's a, that's a big challenge for us at the moment. We're about I think to there's we're about been a yeah, there's been a big paradigm shift, at least here in the States, but it's it's slowly working its way through the UK. And I think COVID was the catalyst for a lot of this. And it's that before the focus was so heavy on how many members can we get? How many people can we sign up? Yeah. And now we've taken a step back from that a little bit. Maybe I don't need a thousand members. Yeah. I can serve a smaller population of people and I can serve them at an even higher capacity. Yeah. And we can charge for it too, but these people are far more bought in. They're retaining yeah. even longer, less headaches and less moving parts for a business owner. It's typically yeah. a win-win all around if we can do it successfully. So it'll be exciting to see how that takes shape for you. Yeah. As you move forward here, Bobby, we've been doing this for, for three years. Forecast this thing out into the future a little bit for me. Three years from now. Yeah. Where do you want to see this thing? What's what's kind of the goal for you in that? For me personally, we are at the moment we've been teaching boxing fitness in schools. So I would like ideally to have maybe 
one more gym across Norfolk. So we have three in total. But for me, it's getting this kind of, as I said, I'm a big advocate of, of mental health and wellness. I want to I want to get that into schools. I want to get that into kids. I want that to start at a young age because we, we do classes for girls who are aged 12 to 16 because that, that age predominantly, they don't really like doing sports in front of boys at school. So we've created a safe space for the girls to come and train. And again, at the moment, lots of kids that age are struggling with mental health issues around because of COVID and their social media pressures for them. So for me, a big focus for me is around kids. But the way that works well is that if we if we can focus on the kids, getting them into the gym, that brings the parents to the gym as well. So it works both ways. So if I'm bringing their kids in, their, their parents can train as well. Okay. And so growth in a number of capacities, but I think the service growth, adding, layering on other services was one aspect of this. Yeah. Increasing the people is one aspect of this. What do you think as you kind of kind of bring it back to reality for a moment what do you think is going to be the toughest part for you you mentioned earlier that it's really really hard to manage all of these moving parts for you yeah is that is that something front of mind as we build on top of what we already have yeah it's, it's hiring the right people because for me uh, I, yeah, yeah I for, for me at the moment i have i run the business myself i have self-employed trainers who teach classes I don't have anyone that manages the gyms apart from me. So I'm at the moment, I'm kind of in between the both gyms. So for me personally, I'm trying to work out a way to hire somebody full time that can, that can help me do what I do so I can teach somebody. If, yeah. Advice wise, if, if you're on your own and you, and you need help, get help. Cause <laughs> find somebody. Yeah. Find somebody. I find like that, that so many of the gym owners that I talk to States based or UK based, at the onset of these things, you are the head coach, you are the director of marketing, you're the head of sales, you're the head janitor, you wear yeah. all of the hats here. And it, it sounds like we're getting to the point where some of that is going to be delegated off Yeah. to buy back you some sanity, if nothing else, but some time yeah. as well. So I wish you nothing but the best in that. We're running a bit shy on time here, but I wanted to, to save a few minutes at least for you to tell our listeners where they can learn more about Hustle. What's the best website? What's the best social media? Where can people find out more about what you do? So our website is called doyouhustle.co.uk and our Instagram is hustle underscore Norwich and hustle underscore Wyndham. So now I've got two Instagrams to manage, not just one, two. <laughs> Even more on your plate. Bobby, yeah. this has been fun, man. I, I appreciate gym owners that are willing to to give a peek behind the curtain and, and show what really happens in a business like this. So like I said, I'm excited to see what the future holds for you and, and how that takes shape. And for today, we're shy on time, but I appreciate you and I wish you nothing but the best. Thank you, Joe. Absolutely. To everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. 
The Gym Lords Podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on this show is Jake from Hush Private Gym in Aberdeen, Scotland. Welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, it's very cold, but uh, I'm, I'm doing good, thank you. <laughs> well, thanks for still making it here. Like, your limbs have not frozen off or anything like that. So I'm glad to have you sitting in front of me. You look very toasty. Um, before we kind of dive into the nitty gritty of what you have going on in your business, which is what our listeners are here to kind of here today, I want to get a little bit of background, Jake. What was it that led to you going and opening up Hush Private Gym? Good question. Um, So growing up, I mean, I was always into fitness and sport. I played um, football when I was younger, um, then got into the gym. I had some serious injuries, so I felt like the gym was my area to kind of get over that. Um, Growing up, I loved the gym more and more, but my background is in business. So I studied business at university and I put two and two together. I think, you know, I loved business and I loved the gym. So I thought, why not start something like that? Um, that's basically it. But the main thing was that obviously if you, you, it's very difficult to open a gym. It's very difficult to do that with lots of competition. So it had to be different. And that's why it, I focused on privacy. Okay. I love that. And I also want to point out too, like, it's interesting that you do have the business background. I come from a similar background, studied hospitality business in college, got my degree, and then somehow ended up in the fitness industry. Um, very similar to you. Um, but that's not that's not the case very often. Most of the time in this industry, it's the exact opposite. People with no business knowledge whatsoever, they maybe just have fitness knowledge, personal training background, they go and they open up a gym. So it's interesting to hear that, you know, you do have that business background, although, you know, nothing that they not everything that they teach us in school is applicable to being in the day-to-day operating a gym. I mean, like I use some of it, but not a ton if I'm being completely honest. (laughs) Um, So give us, you know, your best elevator pitch of Hush Private Gym, who you guys are, what you do. You know, there's kind of two different parts of this business. And so I want to make sure that our listener really understands your business model and what you guys do. Yeah. Okay. Um, a lot of gyms in the UK are very busy mm-hmm. um, to the point where it's actually intimidating for people to go in. You know, I go into the bigger gyms now and then and I become intimidated. So you yeah. could imagine what maybe like an older female, especially, or like an older person might feel like. Mm-hmm. So we opened Hush Private Gym 
to kind of combat that and be in the market to be something different and to offer people a private place to train. Um, so Hush Private Gym started off as private training studios. So the theory is I'm in one right now. So if, if I'm with a client, I will only ever be with that client and no one else is in the room. Um, so that started off like that. There was one room that went really well. Then I opened another room that went really well. And then just before COVID kicked off, which would have been 2019, I took on bigger offices next door to open Hush 5050 gym. And that is a different concept. So this is actually, because I did my looking into all of it. You know, I know the competition, I know what's out there. I've never seen anything like this before, really, with a, a capped membership. And my idea was to kind of keep that privacy aspect. How could you do that with um, a normal gym? Could it be done, really? Um, and I had to do that by capping membership. You have to. Right. But then to cap membership, you have to then off, you know, it has to be higher price. Because if it was 20 quid a month, what's the point? Everyone will want to sign up, you know? Um, so that opened back end of 2019, where it's a 50 member only gym. And my kind of selling point for that is I guarantee every single member complete privacy of the gym floor. Um, so that worked well, because what people do is they kind of come for personal training and privacy, then they can go next door and go into the gym, you know, and be alone. Um, I'm not going to lie to you, that has been quite hard to kick off because we opened it back in 2019. December, we were closed for nearly a year. You know, it's not been fair. It's not had a fair run. It's not had a proper crack. Now it is, but there's other things going on, you know, so it's been difficult. But I, I stand buying it and I think that it is a good idea. And the personal training has always been popular. And that was my idea to kind of differentiate very slightly, I think. Okay. So kind of the two different parts here. Now, do you have clients or, or members who are using just the 50-50 the side and not PT? Or are most of your clients kind of double dipping and using both? Yeah, okay. So ooh, it's a complete mixture. So some people will come and just join the gym because they kind of, they're comfortable with what they're doing. They know what they're doing. They don't want training. Some will maybe do both. Okay. And some i kind of say to people it's almost like a checkup it's almost like a doctor's checkup like a dental checkup you join the gym and then i'll see you once a month see how you're doing check on your form stuff like that so it can work in so many ways um which it is you know mm -hmm. so with the the 50 50 side would you say that the gym is almost always in operation like how did you come up with that 50 membership cap um you know is it pretty much like, do they schedule times? Like, how do you make sure that they still get that private experience? So, yeah, the, um, the cap was interesting because we I had to look at the space, look at what was in there and think, what number do I give it? You know, 50-50 um, has a ring to it. Um, and I thought if there's 50 members, there's enough space on the gym floor for there to be three or four people and there to be quite a lot of space still. You know, so if I thought about it like that, I thought, you know, it's always going to be fine. There might be always some space for extra people to come along. So it's good. Um, in terms of logging in, we do use a booking system. Okay. It's the same system we use for training, personal training clients. And we kind of just copied it across to members next door. So they can book in on, it's called Team Up. And you can see who's in, when's in. And it, it works fantastic. It's brilliant. You know, it really is. Cool. 
So my question to you is like 50 membership, 50 members is the cap on that side. And I want to talk about the personal training side as well. We'll get to that here in a second. But on the 50-50 side, 50 is your cap. Have you guys reached that cap yet? Or are you at the point where you cannot take on any more members? No, so we've not reached 50 yet. Um, it has been difficult, you know, so we've not had a proper run. The best we had was around... Um, Let's get this right around six months ago and we were around halfway 25 to 30 members okay um bear in mind we you know we've hardly been open um since we opened which is weird um covid got in the way of everything people were then after covid were a bit not i don't know if scared is the right word about yeah. going into a gym environment um because covid for a lot of people was real and is a real health concern you know it can kill people um so that was difficult then we got really busy um which was great and now yeah. we're having quite severe economical problems in this country and although people have money they are not willing to spend it right now because of so much uncertainty going on here um, yeah that's, that's really hard i mean you know the the recession the upcoming recession you know whatever we're currently in the current economic crisis um it's not good but you know we've shut down once because of covid so like i feel like it just it can't get worse than that you know so i mean hopefully not um so what are some of the things that you guys are currently doing to get people in the door for the 50 50 side you know what does that process look like um where are you finding uh new faces Oh, that's difficult. I mean, marketing is difficult. Obviously, my background is business, but marketing, because I'm running everything else, I'm also a marketer. So it's very difficult to do that to a very high standard, you know, without actually, because that's the one thing we did in COVID is actually employ a professional marketer. Um, and that worked well, but return on investment, no, not good enough, nowhere near. Um, so then I went back to it myself and do it. So I market the 50-50 the side to it on Facebook, on Instagram. Um, but I found, interestingly enough, which I didn't think would happen, is that most of the members that are members now come through first through personal training. So they'll sign up for personal training, maybe do 10, 20 sessions, reach their goals and think, oh, there's a private gym next door. I'm going to sign up and do that. And I never envisaged it to work like that, but it is. You know, and if it, if it works like that, so be it, you know? Yeah, I definitely think that, you know, kind of those like referrals from one program to another is ben it is beneficial because they already have that trust in you and your business. So like it makes sense for them to just move from one side to to the other. Now, you mentioned something there that you utilized Facebook and Instagram. Um, do you use that for both the 50 50 side and the private gym side? Yeah, so it can be confusing for a lot of people, you know, moving forward, I am looking at possibly rebranding and just putting it all into one. I don't know why at the time I thought it was a good idea to do two. I thought maybe it would work, um, but could it work better under one name and then kind of like split it down? Possibly don't know, but it is something I am thinking about. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, th I definitely think that it's easier for people to find y'all in one place. If they're looking for personal training, they can get it there. If they're looking for private gym, they can get it here um, versus kind of 
falling under two names. Like some people might even think that they're in two different places if they don't really don't like look into it, you know, deep enough. Um, but talk to me a little bit, you know, in 2022, the best way for businesses to market themselves really is through social media. We've seen that now, and I I've personally had success with it, but I've had a lot of failure as well. Um, so talk to me about what your presence looks like on those places. Is it all organic? Are you guys running paid traffic? Um, what has worked and what definitely hasn't worked? Good question. Um, poor um social media is interesting i mean especially in this city so yeah it's good you you have to be on it you have to be if your competitors are on it you have to have it it's as simple as that um so we have the websites for both you know we're on facebook instagram um what i find gets the most leads for us is actually direct through the website um so people i'm you know we pay for google ads to be kind of like seen, but we're all, but we're already on the first page. So people maybe see us maybe twice. They're like, oh, okay. Um, so it's a hundred percent definitely through the website is where we get the most leads. Mm-hmm. Then I would say in second place would be word of mouth, you know, um, because I believe our training here is, I mean, we're winning awards, so it's clearly very good. Um, and then, then I would put social media near probably in third place to be honest. I, I you know, it's a good tool to use to make noise but to get clients and long-term customers i think it has to be deeper than that i think it really does yeah i i do think that um i i would agree with you there now i think it's all about how we market ourselves as well like if we are just using social media and we're showing a picture of our gym like that's not going to be enough we have to somehow like show our potential clients on social media that by coming to our gym we're going to help them achieve some sort of result that they're looking to achieve, whether that's better mental health, better physical health, more mobility, whatever they're looking for. People want to join a gym for a reason. We have to be able to show that to them through um, digital ads. Now you mentioned that during the pandemic, you worked with an agency. You didn't get an ROI on that. Why do you feel like you didn't get that ROI? It was expensive. (laughs) Um, so he was expensive. And then I would look at that and think, you know, because that's my business head on. Did I gain profit from his service? Probably not, you know. Um, and I don't see the point in continuously paying for an extra expense on top of everything else right now um, to gain something that, you know, all it takes is for me to put in a little bit of effort myself to do it, you know. Maybe not to the same level, but the whole job of social media is to make noise, Um and I feel paying extortionally for that service as a small business um, wasn't, he wasn't good enough. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, ideally if we're working with some sort of agency, like we want to get like a huge ROI. Um, like if we're not getting at least like a two to one, it almost doesn't feel worth it. Like we could probably just be doing things without them and be fine. Um, because obviously that costs that costs money for us as a business owner. But now kind of want to take a turn here, talk about the personal training side of your business. Um, how many trainers do you have that work under you? Uh, so not including myself, we have three. Um, there's three others, including myself, it's four. Um, and we are one of the only gyms around to actually employ them. So I employ my staff. I look after them. I train them. Um, yeah, so 
there's four of us and we are a fantastic team we really get on the whole reason i looked at maybe changing the employment model was because they're lovely people you know you can't train people to be nice but you can train them to train clients in the gym environment yep so with your kind of three different trainers and and yourself are all of your books kind of full at this at this moment like what would you say like are you guys in the position to all take on more clients are you booked out like what does that look like for you it's the i mean my books are full so i can't take anyone else someone came to me last week you know asking for something very specific which i have the most experience in with knee rehab and fixing acl injuries i can do that you know and i would feel comfortable and confident in myself doing that the other trainers could do it but i want clients to get the best you know um in terms of the other trainers books it comes and goes with the economy that's one time of year seasonal i mean you know this as well christmas time won't be busy now but in january going to be heaving you know um so their books are not full but give it some time it they will be you know mm. yeah and i think too you know it's it, there is seasonality in this business you know the economy does play a role but also like you know how we're marketing ourselves does play a role as well if we're not doing really any marketing other than word of mouth things are going to be slower um my next question here would be if you look at your business right now as things currently stand jake what would you consider to be your biggest business related bottleneck or challenge like what's that one thing that like if you kind of think about it, <laughs> you, you think about it while you're in bed at night, like it kind of keeps you awake. Um, what's that one thing? We all have them, um, little or small. What is that for you? Competition. Um, there's so many. I actually had a call off Google. Google Ads, Google Ads team called me up a few years ago and talked about um, competition. And they said Aberdeen, UK is one of the most saturated uh, fitness markets in the world. So there's over 60 gyms in the city and shire, which is extortionate. Um, so to be successful in such a market in such a city, you know, you've got to be a bit different. And so in my brain, I'm thinking, I can't open a normal public gym because it isn't going to work because there's too many. You know, we were popular before because we were private. Mm -hmm. And although we are still are popular because we're private, the training now, you know, the training is incredible. We are what we know now, what we can do, what, you know, with different courses, you know, so there's so much now going on that we are continuously improving, always, always improving, doing different things, learning different things, because the private aspect of it will never change, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I definitely understand that. And I think, you know, I'm in a similar market in the Tampa, Florida area right now. There's gyms everywhere, every single corner. Um, but I personally believe that the gym that I, you know, work at is the best. Do you also believe that, you know, are you convicted in the fact that what you do at Hush Private Gym is the best in Aberdeen? Like, do you have that belief? I believe we're the best trainers in the city. Okay. okay. Um, and with the privacy aspect of 50-50, that's never been done or seen probably before in Scotland. So that's completely unique. I think people are still a bit like, oh, that's new. What's that? They're a bit still unsure on that. 
And that's where marketing comes into it, like we talked about previously. Um, I mean, to have the best gym, you know, you're going to need quite a fair bit of money, um, which I, I try, it was one of my goals in lockdown because I wasn't doing anything else. I was actually trying to hunt down angel investors for investment. Um, but in the middle of COVID, no one was touching a gym. So, no, I would okay. say that would be, yeah. I mean, maybe not the best gym, but you have the best trainers. And that says a lot, right? People want... Yeah. People want good trainers. People want to, like I said earlier, people want to be able to see those results when it comes to their health and wellness. So if you have good trainers that can help people see those results, that's all we need. Um, okay, so what do you, like if I could hand you a magic wand, I know this is like hypothetical. I'm such a visionary. I love Disney. I love magic. So I'm asking you like a really interesting question here. If I could hand you a magic wand, all your dreams, all your goals for, you know, your business came true. You were able to reach them all. There's absolutely no financial limitations, nothing like that. What would that picture look like for you? Um, I got a very clear picture in my head. Um, so <laughs> the first thing we want to do is we want to get a new premises, a bigger premises. Okay. Um, and kind of make almost like a hybrid because right now the studios and the gym are two separate kind of things and there's a hallway down the middle i actually want a big gym floor with the studios kind of just to one side so as you go into the gym first you then see the studios there also i think that would work better but like we talked about before that's going to need an awful lot of money um and then that goes well in aberdeen which it would work if the gym works here in aberdeen it's going to work anywhere um so then I would want to do the same in Edinburgh, do the same in Glasgow, move down to England, do the same. And then my, you could, my dream growing up as a kid was always to do business in America. Um, and I would love, that would, that would be amazing. You know, that really would. Um, one day, hundred percent, hundred percent one day. What you know? part, like what part of the US ideally do you see yourself oh. to? I, I'm not, um, I don't know too much about America. I know what so I think someone said it's not just one country. It's just, it's like loads of different countries. Like that's the best kind of way to think about it. Cause every state has obviously different laws, different business rules. You can't mm -hmm. fit. It's not like the UK where it's just one rule, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's totally different everywhere. I mean, personally myself, I've lived like, like been a resident of three different States and it feels like three different worlds. almost. Yeah. like, and I mean, I've been on three different sides of the country, but when it comes to business, very, very different everywhere that you go. Um, but in the health and fitness industry, like it's something that's needed no matter where you're at around the world or even here in the US, like no matter what market you're in, it's definitely something that people need. Um, so what piece of advice would you hand off to somebody who was new to the health and fitness industry? Maybe just went, just started um, you know, their own gym of any sort. What would you share with them? Um, something maybe that you've learned along the way. Um I've seen a lot of failings along the way because I've been in business for four or five years. And although it's not a long time, especially in this city with this market, you, you see gyms come and go a lot. Um, and the same kind of error I think I'm, I see people make, you mentioned it as well, is not having a business background. You need, if you're a good personal trainer, you need a bit of business knowledge, even if it's kind of a side course, you know, although I have a degree, it doesn't mean anything. Just have some form of business background. And oh my God, it will help so, 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 so much. I don't think people actually understand how much it will help. Yeah, yeah, no, I definitely, I definitely think that that's very, very important. And even if you don't have a business background, you don't want to go to college, 
there's incredible resources out there when it comes to, you know, just learning like small things that you can apply. I know some people don't like to read and that's why, you know, resources such as this podcast exist, um, you know, YouTube videos, <laughs> there's a lot of great um, business people in the fitness industry that you can follow on YouTube to learn different skills that you can add into your business and become a business person, become a fitness business person. So I really appreciate that piece of advice, Jake. Last but not least, where can our listeners go if they're interested in following you on social media? Um, so obviously on Instagram, it's Hush Private Gym, um, as well as Hush 5050 Gym. I think if you follow one, you're going to find the other, um, as well as on Facebook, and you'll find our websites on Google. Um, you can follow me as well if you want, um, but that's just my name on Instagram. It's quite easy. Okay. Easy enough. Um, for us to find it. Um, and, and thank you for being here today. It was really insightful, you know, hearing what you're doing in the industry. Um, and I know that our listeners definitely learned something that they can plug into their own businesses. So thanks for that. Listeners, thank you guys for tuning in. Don't forget, if you want to stay notified about our future episodes, hit like, hit subscribe. And if you want to join us for an episode here at the Gym Lords podcast, fill out the link in the description. Our team will get in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.